Hey everyone, welcome to the Matt Report. As always, I'm your host, Matt, and this is the show where I interview WordPress entrepreneurs, folks who are running WordPress businesses, not just your typical hacker, developer, designer, but entrepreneurs, someone who's maybe a marketer, a blogger, and today, the very own copy blogger, Brian Clark, has joined me. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Uh, so let's just dive right in. You have a very unique story to tell. You have a very unique company. Uh, could you give us an elevator pitch, two-minute warning drill of what you do and who you are? Well, at this point in history, we are, uh, I guess, the second largest WordPress company out there after Automatic, which, of course, is um, Mullenweg's company, who is the founder of WordPress. So we're pretty proud of that. Um, we're a little bit unique in that we started as a blog, and evolved into a software company. Uh, we just passed 100,000 customers uh, into last year. So it's been kind of amazing. But I think the thing that truly makes us unique is, is that beginning as a blog, uh, the focus on content and building an audience. Um, because, you know, at the time that I started, the premium WordPress market didn't even exist. Um, my partner, Brian Gardner, is the one who actually pioneered that. And then he later came on and joined us. But we started with an audience and we were publishing on WordPress. So there were two things, I think, that really helped us evolve, which was we were identifying and serving the needs of the actual people, the actual audience that, you know, we were educating about online publishing in general. And I think the other big thing is um, certainly me, but several other people in the company, we're really our own target market. So I've been using WordPress since the early days, you know, before there were widgets. It was, it was still a huge improvement over the days when you were slapping together HTML pages and I was never much of a designer. So me and Dreamweaver didn't really get along well. But, yep. you know, back in 98, 99, you did what you had to do. So even the initial versions of WordPress were just such a blessing to someone like me who's not exceptionally technical. And yet, WordPress is still tough for people. You know, we have this great developer community, <clears throat> but a lot of times developers don't think like normal people. So throughout the years, basically, if I wanted WordPress to do something that it didn't do, number one, and number two if I wanted to be able to support people who use that function, which in open source software you really don't get, um, that's how we evolved our product suite. You know, year after year after year, we kept building something new based on what we saw real online publishers needed. And that would be me because I'm kind of helpless when, yeah. <laughs> when it, if I don't have the right tools. Um, you know, you, you bring up something very interesting, and as a fan, as a follower, somebody you know that I, I follow you and I, I learn from you and your company. Um, you and I, are, you know, are probably like a lot of other folks, we're we're probably not the most technical developer centric people around. Um, but but you find yourself running a software company. A lot of people mm -hmm. don't look at WordPress as a soft piece of software, but in, in all essence, you are running a software company. Oh, it absolutely is software. There's right. no doubt about that. Yeah. Right. Did Did you ever find? Did you ever set out to run a software slash tech company? What was that like when you finally woke up one day and said, "Wow, I, I've I've built the second largest WordPress slash software company around." Well, again, you know, it 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 evolved very naturally, and it evolved year after year. So I remember when I first started Copyblogger or came up with the idea of it in late 2005. 
And at that time, uh, one of the blogs I was paying attention to was 37 Signals. And I was just so impressed how they evolved from a design shop essentially into a software company. Um, and it was really that blog and that audience that allowed them to do it. So they basically had these, <clears throat> excuse me, they had these core principles um, about, you know, less is more, um, simplicity, et cetera. And then they went ahead and created software again for their own internal use. It's something that they wanted for themselves, that they needed for themselves. And then, of course, they said, well, if we need it, they need it. I, I remember when Jason Fried first said that, and I thought it was the most arrogant thing I'd ever heard. And then a couple of years later, I understood what he meant because we found ourselves in that same position. So I've got a great development team who can code anything. They know WordPress inside and out. A lot of them were you know, core contributors to the WordPress uh, open source project before they joined the company. So these are truly legit people, mm -hmm. and I feel very blessed to have them because I can't code my way out of a paper bag. But I am <laughs> Me too. good. <laughs> I am good at perceiving... Uh, needs uh, in the marketplace, specifically in the WordPress marketplace. But to answer your question specifically, you know, it was Brian Gardner who pioneered the WordPress, uh, you know, theme market with uh, the original revolution, and then it became StudioPress, and, and now, of course, he's an important part of Copyblogger Media. Um, but when I saw him doing that and heard how well he was doing. That was really what got me to think, okay, we can do this. Um, you know, we have, we have the audience that needs this, so we have a direct relationship with our potential customers, which is huge. And, um, and then at the time, I was partnered with Chris Pearson, and he had the technical skills to, to make it happen. What it was that uh, there's two things that you bring up, um, three things, actually. Uh, I interviewed uh, Rafal yesterday. And I got oh, a little, wow. little bit of insight of what it's like uh, to actually uh, develop a, a theme with Brian and why he is always changing his theme and <laughs> right <laughs> and just addicted to the caffeine uh, that yep. th that is um, a lot of a lot of uh, for lack of a better word core WordPress shops these WordPress shops that are just building WordPress sites over and over again it seems like there's an arms race for promoting themselves, promoting how many people they have working for them. Um, you know, I don't really see that coming out of Copy Blogger uh, until maybe you tweeted the other day about how many hotel rooms you have to get for South By. Um, <laughs> yeah, know, do you think there's big... an arms race for, <laughs> for WordPress talent? And is that just fodder, you know, just stuff that people are throwing out there for no apparent reason? Let the quality of the work speak for itself? Well, I have to be honest with you. Um, you know, I don't pay attention that much anymore to the drama or the claims or whatnot. You know, you know, for for whatever reason, the history of WordPress has been marked by periodic episodes of fighting and drama. And you know, I used to be involved in that unwittingly, but nowadays we focus on making new stuff, making our existing stuff better. Just you know, really head down, focused on on doing good work. And then also with our content, you know, continuing to educate, um, you know, web publishers on, you know, whatever their goals may be. We want to help them do that because, of course, that gives them more incentive, I think, to use uh, some of our more advanced tools, maybe our hosting or something like that, because they are meeting their goals, whether they be financial or otherwise, and, and they need to take it to the next level. So I don't know exactly what you're referring to, but... 
you know, um, we, 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 we let the content do our marketing for us and we let the product speak for themselves. And it works as long as you're, you're really focused on quality on both fronts. Right. Uh, and, and copy bloggers more than or seemingly more than just WordPress. Um, you have things like Scribe, uh, which, which now integrates with uh, Raven. Um, you have uh, the entrepreneur arm uh, of the company, which is uh, a very unique offering, something you, you definitely don't see from just your basic WordPress core shop. Um, is, there a f- is there growth should other businesses be looking for growth outside of WordPress? WordPress is a good foundation, a good platform. Um, do you see Copy Blogger going into some more unique software, uh, homegrown software, proprietary to yourselves? Yeah. Well, you know, again, with us, um, it's always been about content first. So if you read Copy Blogger, it doesn't matter whether you're using WordPress or not. Uh, the principles are universal for publishing. So there's that. Um, and we also do some training that is not WordPress specific. Other than that, though, WordPress is the most popular CMS on the internet, and that's you know uh, something that helps our business grow every day, especially at the Studio Press level with our premise software. Um, our hosting is really starting to pick up steam as word gets around that. You know, we built our hosting platform as content publishers. I don't know of another hosting company that can say that. Um, who, who really understand the needs and, and what it's like, you know, to freak out when your content, you know, your entire site is down and stuff like yeah. that. Um, Scribe is, uh, it works obviously from inside WordPress, but there's also a web version. There's a Joomla plugin. Um, just between you and I, there's a Microsoft Word coming version coming out in just a matter of weeks. Interesting. Effectively, you can do all that content marketing function from your desktop which is pretty revolutionary. So in that sense, because we really are about content and publishing content and content marketing, Scribe needs to work for anybody, right? No matter, you know, especially for content consultants, uh, copywriters, web, online web writers, they need to be able to work for clients who might be on any CMS. But, you know, WordPress is, is, is a very, I mean, again, if we use it, then I think we have an obligation to recommend it. And hopefully we do our small part to convert people into the WordPress community. But a lot of times people are already on WordPress and then one way or another they find us and they realize that we may be able to help them out with some of their needs. Very nice. Um, actually, one of our listener questions that came in was something about um, you know, what type of client do you think, uh, and this was probably more geared towards the studio press side, but what kind of client do you think that is, uh, that's purchasing the studio press themes? Is that somebody who's really in the know and they know how to develop and, and build themes and they're just looking for a quick solution for a client or is it more the small business looking for something pre-built? Um, yeah, that's interesting. There's, there's a range there. It's pretty diverse because, um, even though with the child theme concept, you have these really turnkey designs, you know, a small business can come in, pick one that they like, and with the flexibility and adjustments that you can make, they can create a fantastic looking website, certainly better than anything I could build, say, 98 to 2004, right? I, it's just no comparison. So there is that aspect. There's also the content creators and consultants who, as part of their service mix to the small business community, will say, 
hey, let me set you up with a great looking website while I develop your, your site copy and your ongoing content strategy. So there's that aspect. But at the other end of the spectrum, Genesis itself is a framework that truly talented designers have embraced and you know have adopted as their starting point because it does make them faster and it does include the SEO and the security functions and the support quite frankly from us um, if they go that route so some of the theme makers have moved kind of alienated the developer community because they really want to focus on that you know small business or do it yourself market and we just thought that was a mistake because when it comes down to it everyone i think at some point graduates to a custom design. They just know more. They know more about what they need. And they want a unique uh, look and feel to their site. So I think nurturing that development community with just the Genesis framework itself has been important for us, in addition to all the turnkey customers that we have. Have you ever thought about expanding the services portfolio with just custom design work? Or do you see that as way too much overhead, like when somebody graduates from a theme? Yeah, um, we have recommended developers and we're happy to send them business. We don't take a cut or anything like that. Again, that's about supporting the community. Um, you know, when I started Copyblogger, I didn't know what the business model was going to be, but I knew that if I had to take clients, that was a fallback position. I'd done that as an attorney, I'd done it as a broker. Um, I just really didn't want that model anymore. Yep. And every once in a while, it comes up because the demand for high-quality services, whether it be content creation to website development, is huge. I mean, everyone needs it, and everyone wants to work with someone they know, like, and trust, which is kind of our mantra. But we always pull away from doing client services. So the great thing is there are so many talented WordPress designers and developers out there, and we're happy to send them business. I mean, yeah. I think that's our way of giving back both to our customers who need those services, but also to the broader community. One of the questions that I, this brings up a good, a, a good transition. One of the questions that I normally ask is how do folks deal with, especially if you're a designer or freelancer, how do you deal with that $500 client the client that just wants to pay you the 500 bucks, but ask for, for you to build like Facebook? Um, yeah. And then they show up every month at, you know, can you just tweak this for me? Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. With, it's with, uh, with clients, it's a real problem. Tough. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, go ahead. So one thing that we are going to be talking about more this year uh, for you know our people who are creating the content, um, people who are doing the development, is business models because that's the big deal. You know, when you start off as a freelancer, you cut the cord to the job. It's exhilarating. It's fantastic. And then at some point down the line, you're like, I don't have one boss anymore. I've got fifty. Right and if you're doing one-off work, whether it be creating X amount of web pages for someone uh, for a set fee or you're building websites for a set fee, at some point that can really drain on you unless, number one, you can appropriately scale the business you know, and, and get people to do things efficiently while you're able to work on the business instead of in it. I don't know if you've ever read the e-myth, but that's kind of the the central point that most people who start these type of businesses are technicians. They like to do the work. That's why they wanted to do it. And then it, it gets to the point where it's wearing them down. Mm. So uh, there's some models here, um, especially the way. So for example, here, here's an example on the design and development side. So someone comes to you for a website 
if they're of the mind in 2013 that you can throw up a brochure and it's going to do you any good whatsoever in, in the realm of what you can do in online marketing, then you're seriously mistaken. It's just, it's just going to sit there. It's going to be invisible. So I think the designer and developers need to t- team up with content people, maybe create a small agency, something like that, where you're a full-service shop. Because what that does is once people understand that they need content created over time, that puts you in a position to do retainer agreements. So when they do need the tweak to the website, you're getting paid that month and you're getting paid the next month. And it's not this hunter-gatherer mentality where you never know where the next client's coming from. You're building a portfolio of, of clients that are paying you each and every month. It's a much better model, much better for your sanity and your checking account. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that is great, great advice. The, um, you know, how would you go about telling somebody uh, you know, that they need to that they need to learn about this content. I mean, obviously go to, go to your own blog, but I mean, is there a quick, because a lot of developers and designers, they, they're, they're not marketers. They're not even thinking about this. I mean, what's the quick right. path that you could just tell somebody to, to teach their own clients? Well, the interesting thing is sites like ours and, and many others have been banging the content drum. You know, we've been doing it for seven years. Um, the term content marketing as bad as it is kind of became accepted in, in 2009 and then in the last couple of years, it's gone mainstream. I mean, people can't escape it, so therefore they begin to accept it. So therefore you start getting, uh, hopefully as the initial point of contact, which usually the designer or developer is, you might get the question instead of having to sell them on it. And then it just becomes an education process. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell people, send them to our site or just you know, use our material as the foundation of your educational, you know, when you're on the phone with someone, just create a, a checklist or a bullet point list of items to go over with them because it becomes a quickly apparent that if they're not going to hire you, they're going to have to hire someone and you've got them right there. So a lot of people don't like to sell or market whatever and it makes you queasy. You don't want to be a, you don't want to be a sleazeball. It's not about that. It's about education. So, you know, again, a lot of people have put a lot of time. If, and again, it's benefited us greatly. The company is continuing to grow at an amazing pace. Um, but it can also benefit the people who are doing the hands-on work because more and more of the clients, um, you know, if they ask for SEO, you have to explain that, well, it's all about content now. And you can explain in very general terms, well, there's this thing called Google Panda and Penguin. And, you know, you know, just create a cheat sheet for yourself yep. and educate people, you know, and all of a sudden it's not about selling. It's about just saying, look, this is how the world works online and I can help you period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's where a lot of people get, especially developers who just aren't used to that selling, especially if they're freelancers. They're not used to being, you know, yeah. in somebody's face. Uh, for- I, I totally get it. And I, all I would say is we're at that one of those points in, in time where there's a big shift going on, and people can literally make careers. They can build businesses that are much bigger than themselves if that's something they're interested in. And you're right. Not everyone will be interested in it. But those who are, I just think they need to be encouraged to go ahead and go for it because you know what you're doing. Right. And the rest of it is just a matter of explaining things to people. Right. You know, if, if it takes a hard sell, then – let them go. Exactly. Wait for the next one. <laughs> exactly. No, you're absolutely right. 
every, every developer I talk to, and, and part of the reason this show is to help people elevate themselves and scale themselves if they want to, if they, if they recognize that they right. can. And a lot of developers... And if, you, if you're a freelancer, then just learn how to balance life and work in a way that works for you. Yep. Because there's absolutely nothing wrong with that either. Not everyone wants to take over the world. You know, it's, a lot of people just want to have a good life. Yep. And to me, you know, with two kids and a wife, you know, I, that's big on my mind, which yep. is because I have this inherent ambitious nature to do more and bigger. Yep. It's just part of me. And I actually have to ramp it down yep. and go, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. So, so you just helped me transition to my next question. Difficult question, maybe. Uh, 2012 looked like a year for Copyblogger where you were sh shooting out all the tentacles. I saw all kinds of stuff coming early on. Um, mm -hmm. Do you ever get worried that you are spreading Copyblogger too thin with some of the ambitious, ambitious goals that a lot of us entrepreneurs suffer from? 2012 was a big transitional year for us. Um, looking back in 2010, you know, all the companies that I had launched off of Copyblogger plus Studio Press merged together to become Copyblogger Media. And we had a very specific plan to where we wanted to get to. And it took us two years to get there. And that basically happened through 2012. Um, and honestly, in the fall of 2012, I wasn't happy a lot of the time because it felt like we were doing work we had to do. And we did. We had to do it to reach our, our broader goals of having an entire product suite, okay? Um, but it gets to be a grind, you know? And you, I think every entrepreneur will face those moments where to satisfy your bigger goals, you're doing stuff day to day that may not be as fun. Um, we also, last year, had a little bit of identity crisis in like, who are we talking to? Who do we need to be embracing? You know, we were in this kind of uh, limbo state to where I wasn't sure exactly what the future of the company should be as far as where do you go after, what markets do you emphasize, whatever. At the end of the year, it all became crystal clear to me. You know, I, I usually take some time off the last couple of weeks of the year. And it's amazing when you you force yourself to stop thinking about what you've been thinking about, how things just come together for you. But it, it's clear to us at Copyblogger that what we've always been talking about and who we've always been trying to empower are content creators. And if you look at the broader content marketing world, uh, online marketing world, it's creating content that's the number one problem that everyone from the small business to the enterprise has. So we realize that we're not going necessarily just after small businesses and we're not going after big companies. We're going after the people who create content at any level. And on the other hand, we also have, as part of our customer base, a lot of developers and designers. And that goes back to what I was talking about earlier. Let's get these people together. Let's empower them to create new business models, uh, new kind of companies, that can really thrive, whether it be one or two person shop all the way up to an agency uh, with, with this huge demand for content and smart websites. We're, we're moving into HTML5 now. Uh, responsive design, I think, is going to win easily over the app approach, which I always thought was ridiculous, but <laughs> people online do ridiculous things, yep. especially the big companies. That, that's what kills me. You know, supposedly the smartest people in business usually make some of the worst mistakes. Yeah. But um, 
So yeah, the the open web is going to make a huge comeback. It already is. Um, Facebook, the Facebook approach, I think, is being call, called into question by a lot of people. While the Google approach, especially with authorship and how they're embracing online content creators, uh, is the right direction that everyone's going in. Yeah, absolutely. Is Agent Press uh, the 1.0 of this new vision? Is this part of the new the new vision, the clarity that you had at the end of the year? Well, there's that was something that we had in mind for a long time, okay. going back to you know the earliest conversations between Brian Gardner and I, um, because I used to be a broker, and of course, Agent Press is the most popular WordPress theme for realtors, so there seemed like something there. Um, so there's two avenues that we wanted to explore this year. One is just content creators flat out because I don't think a lot of small businesses are going to do it themselves, right? So you focus on the people who can do the work for the small businesses because they definitely need the help. It's just how do they make it happen? So that's probably the main emphasis and we'll be rolling that program out in the next couple months. Agent press is a different approach, which is go vertical, right? Go to a specific industry that you know and understand, and therefore you can talk to them specifically about what you need to do. You know, when you're talking about content marketing in general, it's all broad principles and fundamentals. With real estate agents and brokers, it's, well, you get, you're trying to do this, you're trying to reach this type of person, do this, this, and this, right? So I don't know how well the vertical approach would scale for us. It would definitely be tough, even though I think that kind of very specific training and solutions uh, is probably the answer going forward. But the great thing about Agent Press is we're having this live training event, and we've got equal parts brokers and agents and equal parts content entrepreneurs, and I just want to get them in the room together and see what happens. That to me is cool. So this is our first live training event. That in itself is um, a new area for us, but I, I was willing to break even or lose money on agent press because I just thought it was cool. Um, we're, we're doing a little bit better than that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't see it as a distraction at all. I'm learning so much from doing this and that's always been my MO. You try new things, you learn more than you ever risk yeah. in my book. And, uh, luckily it, the, the response to it has been great so far. So I think we'll push forward with that. Whether or not we go into healthcare and mm -hmm. you know law and all these other right. verticals, that is another question, and right. I think it would require more resources. Yeah, it's going to be interest interesting to see the outcome when you smash those different personalities and and and. Uh, oh, it's going to be interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> it might be ugly. I don't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you brought up the word vertical. This is something mm -hmm. that's been on my mind looking at what WordPress.com has been doing lately with coming out with vertical themes, um, yeah. restaurants, education, uh, like artists and, and photography right. portfolios. What's your take on that? Is that something that us, uh, and especially you being the second largest company should be worried about, um, market share wise and stuff like that? Uh, I don't know that it's, um, something we worry about. Um, we have a pretty good relationship with automatic and especially when it comes to themes, um, and a lot of those themes are being developed by the community. So I'm not really worried about it. The, the question itself of vertical themes is interesting um, because you really have to understand that industry, right? Because you, you can say this is a restaurant theme. 
and it may or may not work. Um, I think that would be that's an easier site to build than perhaps some other industry verticals. But it's just like with real estate. Um, there are so many companies out there providing really subpar website solutions for agents. They don't work, but they're sold with the quick and easy, right. no-brainer kind of thing. Yeah, It's not true, especially now. Yeah. Local search is tough, um, and you have to take a very specific approach to it if you ever want to have a chance of ranking. So we're, we're straightforward about it. We're like, yeah, um, it, this does take work. This is like a real media asset you're building here. But the people who will actually do the work, it's just like the earlier conversation about some developers don't want to do it and some do. Well, some brokers don't want to do it, most of them, and some do. And those are the ones who are going to own either entire neighborhoods or entire towns. Yeah. So again, it's just like disruptive time in transition and th- those are the times where the truly entrepreneurial people go, I need to put the, the gas pedal to the, to the ground yeah. and go and run hard. Yeah. I, I mean, I have this, um, I have these flat, when I see these verticals being released uh, from .com, and I do, I've, you know, I think you are my 30th interview uh, so far and talking to a, a lot of people. Not a lot of people are afraid of that, which I guess is good. They're looking at it as, well, at least they're getting the name out there. At least they're kind of pushing these ideas. Mm-hmm. I'm from a background of, uh, automotive sales 50 years uh, my family owned an auto dealership and general tough, mo- and general motors yeah, <laughs> and general motors you know nonetheless and yeah. they had like you know five different brands with the same exact car so it was like we saw what happened when they stretched these brands to the same exact car just on a different brand we saw what yeah. happened to that that market share so when I see that, I'm like, oh boy, you know, this is like an assault, yeah. if for lack of a better no, word. No, I mean, I think you've always got to be cognizant of yep. that. Um, so far, Matt has kept his word, yep. you know, about not wanting to intrude. I, I think the the premium WordPress market benefits him just as much as anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at some point, since they are VC funded. Um, and you know the investors say we we need to make more money, then things may change. I don't know, yeah. but the long and short of it is for us that we see WordPress.com largely as a training ground for bloggers and site builders, and then they realize that you know I probably need you know my own hosting, and I probably need you know. So I, at this point, I don't see that we compete against WP.com at all. But, you know, going forward, you you always have to pay attention. Things always change. That's the only constant we've got. So you just can't get too comfortable and you can't get arrogant. You can't think that everything's just going to be fine. And so that's why we're constantly uh, trying to improve our stuff and come up with new things because we don't ever want to get caught uh, in one segment of our, you know, if we have, okay, if you're a theme-only shop, WordPress.com could put you out of business tomorrow, right? That wouldn't happen to us. It would hurt, <laughs> but and it wouldn't even happen. Even it wouldn't happen immediately. Right. But we're diversified enough to where that that can't hurt us. And and the other thing that about having multiple product lines plus the audience is the opportunity to to you know have a customer that you sell to um, multiple times because their needs change over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's all. that was our approach from the beginning, which was it's, you can make a nice WordPress business selling um, you know, a, a plugin or themes 
Um, but you are vulnerable Absolutely. with that model. Absolutely. No, that's a great answer. Um, you have to be nimble, especially if you're a startup. You always have to stay in that startup mentality um, and keep evolving so that you don't get, you don't get caught uh, when something uh, comes out in the market. Right. Uh, last question of the more formal interview. Uh, either answer or you're, you, don't, either, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. Any uh, thoughts of uh, VC funding for Copyblogger or going that route? Um, Hub you know, perhaps? it's funny. So we, we've been completely bootstrapped. Um, we, we grew, we added a million bucks in revenue last year over the year before. So we're growing healthily. We were able to also do some serious development on finishing scribe Four and add, I think eight employees and still maintained our profit margins. So on that hand, you're like, you don't want to take anyone else's money, you know, and just about everyone I talked to, who knows the details of, of where we're at are, you know, they're very um, cautionary about that. Um, on the other hand, um, starting around September of last year, we started getting acquisition inquiries that we've been fighting off with a stick, basically, you know, not driving them away, but just saying, uh, not yet, not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, I don't think I want to sell the company. So some sort of, like taking pure VC money right now would be silly, I think, for us. And that's just my feeling and, and basically the ad advice I've been getting from a lot of smart people. Um, and selling might be a bad idea at this time because I still see we've got a long way to go and I'm really excited about the stuff we've got coming. But the right partner with a little bit of money and a broader uh, customer base, which are some of the people we're talking to, that would be awesome because then you're you're turned loose with you know perhaps a big corporate partner um, to really grow the company rapidly. So you it's nice to be wanted and it's nice to have options. Um, I'm just trying not to let it distract me because we got here by just putting our nose to the ground and yeah. and and trying to serve our audience and our existing customers. Yep. And worst case scenario, that's what happens then I'm still a happy man. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, doing an awesome job so far. I think scribe is an awesome product, um, from a business standpoint, because I'm sure you're collecting data. You're building that big data that everyone loves to, to throw some, throw some dollars around it. It's going to be interesting, um, to see what you guys do with that as it matures and as more people adopt it and integrate it into other services like a Raven, uh, Raven tools. Right. Awesome stuff. Um, so jump right into the listener questions. The, this was the question I was supposed to ask at the beginning of the show to break the ice. Uh, this one comes from Chris Brogan. Ask Brian what Brogan? No, I'm Johnny not answering Depp. Brogan. Brogan can call me if he wants to. Ask <laughs> no. What is, uh, he's not talking about Johnny Depp, is yeah, he? Yeah, he's talking about Johnny Depp. Oh, can, okay, next question. <laughs> uh, Derek Halpern says... <laughs> you could always ask him why he tries at, so hard at being cool on Twitter. At why do I try so hard to be cool? Yeah. Just tell Derek I'm not trying. Okay. <laughs> uh, those are the two. Uh, and then the other listener question was what types of audiences you have uh, for clients. Uh, so very awesome stuff. Um, real quick, the what's in your toolbox, what piece of software or hardware do you use on a constant basis to get you through your business day? Like an Evernote, a Gmail, an iPad, what do you have on you at all times? 
Okay. Um, so for one thing, you know, just to reiterate, everything we built, we built for us first. So, you know, from a web publishing standpoint, we use all our own tools with the exception of an email provider. We are not in the email business. That's a tough business. So we leave that to those who are good at it. So we use Aweber for that. Um, Gmail, I, I spend most of my day in there. I can't say I love it, but it is a tool that I use quite a bit. Um, I just started using Evernote because I w- we had this really kind of silly uh, – we use Basecamp, um, and I don't like using it, which is ironic given my admiration of 37 Signals. Yep. I just don't like logging in there, but the developers have used it quite a bit. Uh, but we started using Evernote to share ideas that we used to share in Google Docs, which was, it worked, but it was kind of primitive, right? Um, and then I have an iPhone and I have an iPad, and they're generally with me. And I'm trying to use the iPad more. I just can't really get myself to go to a tablet. It's not a creation tool. You know, if you get good at it, it can be, but it's it's consumption, right? So yep. it's more like, Later in the evening, um, I'll pull out the iPad. But I'm still, my MacBook Pro Retina is my best friend. It goes with me everywhere, and uh, I can pull it out and do whatever needs to be done. Nice. Uh, lightning round, I'm going to ask you a series of quick questions. You have a series of quick answers. Um, <laughs> God, this is quite the production. <laughs> yeah, I, I try. I try. I'm trying to elevate myself, get a little bit better than Brogan. Um, <laughs> Uh, the one plugin that you cannot live without, uh, aside from your own. One plugin. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to Sonia, who is, you know, the the senior editor of Copy Blogger and, and a partner in Copy Blogger Media. And since we've got this team, this technical team, we don't know what's happening most of the time. Like we're becoming more and more helpless um, because you know this WordPress gets updated. Um, you know, Genesis gets updated, yeah. uh, plugins get swapped out, changed between, you know, Rafal is the most brilliant designer, uh, you know, that I, he's my favorite, obviously. And I feel lucky to have him, uh, between him and Gardner and the rest of the dev guys, things just happen. So I'm not even sure what we've got back there, but I will say props to automatic Akismet. without Akismet, we would we would all be drowning in spam. So I'm going to go with a kismet because the amount of spam copy blogger gets is, is it monumental? (laughs) I believe it. And even some of it still gets through and that's a pain. So I would hate to see what would happen without it. Uh, do you have a favorite business book? I got, I read a lot, so that's a tough question, but I'm going to give the answer. I generally always give in the context of, of online publishing and marketing, and that's Seth Godin's Permission Marketing. Um, that I had been publishing online for almost two years by the time I read that book. And that's when I realized what I was really doing. I, re- I realized the fundamental nature of, of how the internet works as a direct medium, um, direct to, between people as opposed to television or radio or other kind of mediated mediums where there's an, someone you have to talk to in order to reach an audience. Uh, that was when I realized that you build an audience and the best model is probably not advertising. It's probably having something to sell. So that book was released in 99, which was what, 14 years ago now. Yeah. 
And so people think it's not relevant. It's still absolutely relevant. Um, And I'm glad to see that more and more people are talking about, you know what? Email is still the highest converting sales channel online. And people will still subscribe to things by email. They're just, you got to win their trust a lot more. It takes more effort. It takes better content and takes more of it compared to making an offer or, or trying to sell your stuff. So read permission marketing if you haven't. Um, it's only dated in years. It's not really dated in concepts. Awesome. Uh, the best business advice you've ever received? You know, back when I was practicing law as a business attorney, um, I never liked practicing law much, I was, but I was fascinated by the clients, um, you know, get together in a room and they're trying to negotiate a deal or settle a lawsuit. And you'd see, even when in, in the cases of lawsuits, there's animosity between the parties, you, you saw that there was a win-win mentality, like nothing got done, especially on the positive business deals. The guy making the deal was always trying to give the other guy or gal what what it was that they wanted that didn't hurt their that what they wanted basically you know classic definition of a win win yeah. and i think people have a lot of stereotypes about business and it's ruthless and cutthroat and uh, everyone's evil and you know outside of wall street that's not always the case right. so <laughs> um but yeah it's about making other people happy so that you're happy and to me that's what drew me into business it's what fascinated me about it, that you can be a good person and you can actually do better than a lot of the people that are less generous and less concerned about making everyone happy. So that is not exactly advice that was given to me, but it was something that I observed. And that's why I was able to leave my cushy law job and go out and starve for a couple of years before I figured this stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> leave one cushy thing and go bang your head against the wall in another right. place. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, if you had to switch to another CMS, what would it be? Ooh, that's a horrible question. I don't yeah, like anything else. Yeah. Um, and everyone in Words, WordPress is going to kill me uh, for saying this because Squarespace is its their whole model to poach WordPress people, right? Um, but I hear good things about Squarespace, so I'd probably give that a try nice. if I had to leave WordPress. That was Rafal's answer yesterday. Really? Uh, and then I, I, that's a good choice because he, know, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> uh, who should I interview next? In the entire general world? Uh, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, no, just, uh, just in WordPress in Word- and running a WordPress business. Know somebody else that's running a unique WordPress business? Hmm. There's tons of people out there. Um, I, you've done so many interviews, you've probably covered most everyone, right? Yeah, I'm hoping to go for Brogan next. I'm just setting myself. I'm just setting all the players around him, and then I'm going to king him yeah i'll email brogan for you because i'll tell him that i'll tell the real johnny depp story if he doesn't agree awesome that's exactly what i needed (laughs) uh what's the one question i didn't ask you that i should have who's my favorite band queen queen (laughs) i like queen yeah Yeah. Uh, that's not the answer but since you didn't ask i'm not going to tell you (laughs) Well, I want to say thanks to Brian. Thanks for doing this interview. It was an awesome time. Uh, learned a lot. I'm sure my audience has learned a lot. 
Uh, I want folks to know that if you want to get more of these awesome interviews, mattreport.com, mattreport.com slash subscribe. If you want to jump on the VIP list, well, you'll be the first to know when these awesome interviews come out. Brian, where can folks find you on the web? Where can they say thanks? Well, you know, just head over to copyblogger.com. It all kind of emanates out of there. Awesome. Brian, thanks a lot. Thanks for doing this. Thank interview. you, Matt. Take care.